shout out for Future for not having any white baby mamas. As a that nigga, he's investing in the black community. He got black babies. <laughs> so that was definitely not on the topic of. Not uh, about basketball. Gonna... I mean, basketball players be having non-white wives. I mean, non-black wives. So now we can get into the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. So right now the uh, the Heat were they were up by like twenty points and a half, and apparently Jimmy Butler's hurt and he's not coming back. So we got garbage ass Victor Oladipo in the game right now, and that's not going great. Like the the heater, the heater keeping it, they're keeping that lead. Like it's still, I think, at a twelve point lead right now, going into the fourth. Win or lose, uh, if the if Jimmy Butler is out for this series, or if he's out for any extended period, like we can't go a whole round without Jimmy Butler, like we did with Kyle Lowry. Like we can go without Kyle for a little bit. We can't go without Jimmy. If Jimmy's not here. Even if we win this game, we're we're not going to win this series. Like he's too important of a player to uh, to lose, and Boston is too good of a team to not take advantage of that. So, I mean, on the Boston side, two things stand out. Obviously, Robert Williams is way more effective in this lineup than people maybe think he is, because the absence of Robert Williams has very clearly dug us into a really deep hole. But two, and it's the thing that I've been saying since the the top of the Milwaukee series, that Boston lives by the three, and when you live by the three, you die by the three. When the, when the buckets is not falling, when the three-pointers is not hitting, that's the way that they were. We opened up a 30-point lead the night before. If you're not getting them, they don't, they don't look for alternatives well. Um, and I'll pick on Jason Tatum a little bit. A really big gripe that I have with him is when he's not getting his shots, he's completely out of it. Like he, he doesn't continue or when he's not getting the calls he wants, he will stay in a play and he won't move on. And so if the Celtics don't find a, um, an alternative to the three ball, they, they gonna see Cancun a lot sooner than I think many people expected them to. My issue with, with Jason Tatum is he is one of the, um, more super talented players, young players coming. Like, he's still under 25, I think, right? Or is he 25? I think he maybe just recently turned 25. Yes. I mean, he's been in the league for almost six years, and he's still, like, not even – he hasn't even hit his prime yet. And I think my biggest issue with him, and I, I see this every time that I watch the Celtics play, is that unless he's unless he's one-on-one, he's not going to shoot the ball. Like, if he gets – he needs – and I it's – I'm not trying to be, I guess, negative about it, but he needs a little bit more Kobe in him. Like, Kobe saw a double team. Kobe's going to make his way either around that or back out of it, pass the ball out, and then get it right back. Like, Jason Tatum, you double team him, he's kicking that ball out, and he's going to go stand in the corner somewhere. Yeah, like, they he, don't. He, 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 go ahead. Sorry. LeBron, LeBron had that thing when he was in Cleveland, I think the first go around, where people would double team him knowing that he's going to make the smart play. He's going to pass it out regardless. He's not going to do that. Okay, I'm double team. Let me try to shoot it over somebody or drive to lane or draw, draw a foul. He's going to do the smart basketball play. And Jason Tatum, maybe he's still in that, that space where it's just like, I'm getting doubled, I'm going to pass it out, and then, you know, let the offense do what it does. But at some point in his career, it's got to be, it's Jason Tatum time. I don't care how many people they're sending me, I'm getting my shot. I'm getting the bucket here. Yeah, I think they all got that issue. Watching them is really frustrating sometimes. They they live on the perimeter, like then within like two steps of the three point line. Like if they need to get to the basket, a lot of them are not getting to the basket. Like oh, if sometimes it feels like only Marcus Smart is the one with heart. 
when Marcus Smart isn't on the court and he's not making them go, they're not going. Like Jalen Brown not driving to the basket, Jason Tatum not driving to the basket, they're gonna pass out. And, and these are shots that like I'm this is coming from a nigga who did not play basketball. I've never been six eight in my life, but I'm just saying they don't seem to be as willing to be physical as I think you need to be at this phase of basketball. Like it's not regular season basketball, playoff basketball. You don't need to be willing to go in there and get dirty a little bit. And they don't they don't seem uh willing to do that in the same way that Miami is willing to do that. Still gonna get free throws. Free throws matter. Like even if you watch the uh I didn't get to watch game two, but even throughout the playoffs, like Steph Curry, one of the smaller guys, he's been driving to the lane a little bit more, getting more layups, getting more free throws, getting in the paint more, not just relying on his three pointer. And I've I think one of the things about basketball conversations on Twitter is that everything changes from quarter to quarter. Like first quarter of game one, Heat Celtics, you know, Heat are done. This series is over. And then the Heat win by like 20. Mm. Game two, Heat get blown out. Okay, this series is over. It's like, just, and this is not just like people on Twitter. These are like, you know, Nick Wright, Chris Broussard, Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith, like people obviously with big names. And they just, their takes change from quarter to quarter, game to game, where it's just like, well, they won game two. That means they're going to win this series. Oh, they lost game three. Okay, they're going to lose now. It's just like, we don't really know how this series is going to play out. You know, like adjustments are made. Players uh, figure some things out. Obviously, right now, injuries can happen where, you know, your best player is out. So you you just can't kind of – you kind of have to kind of stick with – what your initial take was and just stop flip-flopping. So uh, it's kind of annoying to see someone get on TV one day and say, well, this series is over. And then the next day say, oh, this series is going seven. Like, bro, what? Like, what are we doing here? I I said this before. I think a lot of like NBA journalism specifically is a lot of people who are prisoners of the moment. And it's just like this, this talking head era of like, let me say the most inflammatory quick reaction thing I can say. Because I know that's going to drive Brayton's. And, like, to your point, basketball is the game. The game itself, series, playoff series, are games of its momentum. Everything, it can change from game to game. But in the game, within the game, like, it's a game of runs. Like, a team may go on a 17-0 run, and it look like this team is going to completely obliterate the competition. And then momentum shifts. And the same team that went on a 17-0 run hadn't scored a basket in six minutes. Like, it's just, it's a game of momentum and a game of runs. I wish more sports journalists, like, you're you're not the guys that use hashtag NBA Twitter and then go to their job at Lowe's. Like, it is your job to maintain the integrity of the reporting of the game. So, watch the games. Yeah, and, and look at the games and know the players and see what's going on night in and night out. You, you do not have the luxury or you shouldn't have the luxury of being able to get a hot takeoff and that go to air. Like, I understand shows need ratings, shows need conversation. In the social media area, there needs to be engagement and impressions. But I think compromising that for or compromising actual journalism for the sake of a 13-year-old responding to something you said before they go to science, like, I think there's got to be a better balance between that. And I, I kind of, I understand um, someone like Stephen A. Smith not knowing everything, because they'd be working that nigga to death. That man I mean, works. I need to be at work eight nights a week. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's not 
every fucking show and he's got to talk about every sport. So if he doesn't know, you know, the sex, the sixth player coming off the bench for Milwaukee, like I get it, but there should be other people who are just like, Hey, we should, we should, you should be able to stand and understand and be able to talk about these things a little bit better and have a little bit more knowledge. Um, I still like my, well, let me go ahead. I'm not going to change my pick, but I just want to like put a little a note. If Jimmy Butler <clears throat> is, if Jimmy Butler does not miss any games, I think the Heat still win this series. Um, I had the Heat going in seven, and I had the uh, the Warriors winning in uh, six. Yeah, I had the Warriors going in six. That's not looking great, but the Mavericks can win two games at home, and the Warriors can still win in six. So that's kind of that's kind of what it looks like when people are like, "Oh, well, I had the you know I had the Heat in five, or I had Celtics in five, and then you know Boston loses game one, and they they flip out." And it's like, well, that's what Boston in five looks like. They have to lose a game for for them to win in five. So. I don't know if you're gonna change anything about yours, but no, I still thought I still I thought Milwaukee would go a seven game series. I still think the Heat and Celtics would go a seven game series, and I'm still gonna go with the Celtics. Um, I it, honest I don't think the Warriors series is gonna go six games. I think it'll go five. Um, I think Dallas will sneak in at least one win, but I don't, the Warriors just seem too good, and they seem like they are overwhelming the Dallas Mavericks. Um, so if people want a long haul playoff series, they better you know. They're better off watching Miami and Celtics games uh, in and out because this the, that Golden State uh, Dallas series is not going to last long. Yeah. All right. So I'm about to suck all the life out of the podcast real quick. So I think it was two weeks ago was the uh, the Buffalo shooting that was clearly racially motivated. Uh, apparently, this guy got on Twitch and uh, and did this, like, you can, I guess you can watch, like, he, you could watch this happening live in uh, Buffalo, um, and that's, it's, it's, it's sad that, and I kind of feel bad that we didn't talk about this last week when it, when it actually happened, but uh, it's just another one of these uh, tragedies that happens and continues to get ignored, and uh, I saw I saw a thread on here and it's just going to be, I'm going to get three minutes. I'm just going to read this off. It's just going to, it's all the victims that uh, were shot. Um, There's uh, Ruth Winfield, 86 years old. Uh, I guess she was in the area getting her husband something to eat because he's in a nursing home. Uh, There is Aaron Slater Jr. He was a, I guess he was a former police officer, but I guess he came out of retirement to be a security guard. And they said that he was someone that tried to stop the shooter and ended up uh, losing his life. Uh, Pearl Young, 77, uh, mother, grandmother. Um, she, uh, what was she? She fed the homeless in a, cent- in a Central Park neighborhood. There's Roberta Dury, 32. Uh, she was in town spending time with her family. Um, Celestine, uh, Celestine, sorry for saying your name wrong. Chani, 65, breast cancer survivor. Like, I, I know people that have had breast cancer and they go through everything that it takes to uh, get through breast cancer to, to die that way is is, is tragic. Um, Hayward Patterson, uh, church deacon, 
Uh, they didn't put his age on there, but he's another one. Um, Andre McNeil, uh, father, brother, uncle. He was at the uh, he was at the supermarket to uh, buy a cake for his son who just turned three. Um, Catherine Massey, seventy-two, uh, civil rights activist, teacher. Um, just another day of grocery shopping. Uh, Geraldine Tally, sixty-two. Um, just like uh, Margus Morrison, fifty-two, father three. Um, and there was, uh, I guess, uh, there was a few more people that were injured, but it's it's like those those lives didn't have to be lost, you know. And it's it's another one of those things that black people have to deal with where it's like now you have to like okay can I go to church without worrying about a gunman coming through am I can I go to the grocery store can I go jogging into my neighborhood can I sleep in my own bed there's there's so many things that that black people have to deal with on a regular basis that everybody else isn't dealing with and it's just it's it's not it's not even annoying it's just it's just sad that you know, that this stuff continues to happen and, you know, hopefully, I mean, I, I don't even know what to, to do as far as like what to say to make um, people feel better about it or what we can do. I mean, voting obviously helps. Uh, uh, getting, I, I mean, it's going to almost sound contradictory, but uh, getting your gun license, like maybe that'll help you you know, go to a gun range and, and, and get your uh, weapons from it or, and stuff like that. Um, I didn't know if you had any other, any thoughts that you want to put on that. Cause you know, if, if you don't, we can just go on the song of the week. Cause I know that's, that's not how I'm not, I'm not trying to end the podcast like that, but I just, I felt like uh, we, we should have uh, pay our respects to the people that uh, lost their lives in Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, not, not too much to add to it. I rest in power to those, those folks, um, I hope that there are, there's tons of love and light and community around um, the families that um, they were unfortunately forced to leave. Um, I don't want to give the person that did these crimes too much time. Um, I think my only comment on that side of it is that um, there has to be be a lot more said about the way that the internet is spreading these type of ideologies um, and kind of I don't know how to explain it other than like I, I it feels hard to expect change when like the people in power are part of these internet communities is, like, is what I'm trying to get to like they know 4chan exists. They know that there are tons of, it's like unregulated forums full of absolutely awful information to do people harm. Um, and they don't do anything about it. And it's likely, and you know, usually because they are directly a part of it. So I think in a perfect world, the, the folks in power who have emboldened people like uh, him, who are actively having conversations with people like him, who get on TV day in and day out and spread this type of messaging that leads to these types of tragedies. Um, 
in a perfect world, they would be held responsible. They'd be held just as accountable as a shooter. Um, and it, I mean, in a perfect, perfect world, black people wouldn't have to, you know, worry about if today was the day they're going to have their life taken from them when they're in their community doing shopping with people that look like him, look like them and some dude from two, three, four hours away in a clearly racially motivated attack comes to, to cut their lives short. So circling all the way back to prayers and continued love and light and support to all of those people um, who had loved ones taken away from them. It's just, it's hard to, to believe that this world specifically this country will change anytime soon. Yeah. It's uh it's pretty insane to drive that far out of your way to do something like this, but um, no easy way to segue from that. So uh, today is the, what today would have been uh, the 50th birthday of uh, Biggie Smalls. Um, some people label him one of the greatest rappers ever. Some people have him as number one. He's in a lot of people's top 10 to 15. Uh, obviously, a great career that uh, got cut short due to unnecessary gun violence or beef or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, we're not going to talk about this now, but I'll kind of put this out and see if anybody responds. But if you could at me at uh, Marcus Sniffles underscore, who's a rapper that if they would have passed away after, before their second album came out would be considered a legend the way uh, Biggie Smalls is considered. Um, and for my song of the week, I'm going with, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Juicy. Um, Biggie Smalls, like that's one of the uh, classic uh, records that he has that, you know, when you hear it, you know it, and a lot of people are big fans of that song. So uh, rest in peace to him. Yeah, that was also the hurdle today. Uh, so, you know, rest in peace and happy heavenly birthday to Biggie. Um, my song of the week was uh, Speechless by Beyonce. It's off her, her uh, first solo album. Um, <laughs> what a great song. I don't know if y'all know, but like Bianca had Luther Vandross on her first album. Like she came in stamped. Um, Speechless is one of my favorite Beyonce songs ever, and it popped up on a R&B playlist I have. Um, so just showing appreciation for that piece of art. I wish you were performing more. Um, honestly, I think it would be a great song sandwiched between like something like Partition and like Dance for You or something. So the the <laughs> Wild thing about Beyonce is that obviously she had success. The only reason I'm doing this is trying to get a little bit more space between the Buffalo talk, but having the wild success that she had before going solo, like Destiny's Child, like Destiny's Child is probably, I mean, I can't really think of a a girl R&B group that's better than them. And it's you're, it's probably hard to name any kind of music group, like outside of like maybe the Jackson 5, and uh, maybe in sync, I guess. But like, there's not many groups that were bigger and better than Destiny's Child. And for her to go solo, and for the first, the first three songs, very first song, "Crazy in Love" with Jay Z is an absolute banger. Obviously, "Naughty Girl," same thing. "Baby Boy" with Sean Paul, same thing. And then you just slide in. Hip hop superstar with Big Boy and Sleepy Brown, and it's just like 
that's how you're coming out the gate as a solo artist. Like that's that's someone who was like prepared to be a uh, a superstar, like a legit like I'm going to be an all timer. This is this is Adrian Peterson's rookie year coming out of Oklahoma and being like, okay, yeah, I'm the best running back here. I no one's going to stop me. I'm the best. I know this is my first time here. It's my first year, but no, I'm here now. This is my this is my time and. Yeah, Beyonce to go. It's hard to hard to dispute or argue that. I don't know why people keep trying, but you know it is what it is. Yeah, man. I mean, people people like to say you know Chris Brown is a better performer. I'm just saying, did Chris Brown have Luther Vandross feature on his debut album? No, he had a Joel Santana feature. Like no disrespect to Joel Santana, but he not Luther Vandross. And maybe Luther Vandross was dead already. That's fair too. I'm just saying, would Luther Vandross have even done it? No. Um, I just I think we're gonna look back. And I'm not saying that people don't give Beyonce enough love now. Like, we all clearly love Beyonce. And those that don't, you are not well. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like we're going to look back when Beyonce is, when she finally calls the quits and it's time for her uh, her Lifetime Achievement Award presentation at the BT Awards. I think we're going really, to have to look back and be like, yo, we really got a generational talent in Beyonce. And, like, it's going to be a long time before we get another one. Okay, so I don't want my words to be misconstrued here. I don't want this to be clipped in a way that makes me sound like I hate Beyonce. It's going to. Jesus Christ. So my only, quote unquote, and this is very nitpicky, my only issue with Beyonce as an artist in this day and age is that it's kind of hard to put her on a non-Beyonce playlist, right? Because Beyonce is such a, like, I don't want to say overpowering artist, but she stands out a lot. Like when you when you put her when you go from like Janae Aiku to SZA to Summer Walker and then Beyonce, and it's just like it kind of hits you over the head because of how powerful her voice is, how big her songs are, um, how popular they are, and how like there's they just bring you so much. And it's it's she's like a uh, banana in a smoothie, where it's just like. Yeah, this smoothie tastes fine, but then you put a banana in it, and it's not, now it's a banana smoothie. And it's like, I make an R&B playlist, and this R&B playlist is fine. I throw a Beyonce song on there, now it's a Beyonce playlist, because she's just that overpowering. Not in a negative way, but that's just what she is and who she is at art, as an artist. And, and no, dis- that's not me saying I dislike her. Like I said, she's on my Mount Rushmore of artists of all time. Like She's on there. I'm just saying, I'm just... Probably. Mine probably gonna be clipped in a way, and I'm sorry if you ever hear this, Beyonce. But my main gripe with Beyonce is that I have to keep listening to her husband. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear no more breakers with y'all together. I don't want to see that nigga no more. You love him, not me. Save it. Uh, that I, that's actually fair. I got. I think we talked about this before. I'm just like, you know how that for- go. Maybe it's just a women, a woman thing. Like you know, your friend get a new man, and now it's my man, my man, my man. Every ten minutes, girl. Well, I don't care. For I her really to be, <laughs> for, for her to be as talented as she is, obviously, and for Jay Z to be as talented as he is, the music that they made together needs to be better. It can't just be average music that they made together, right? And she be out rapping him. I want us to all realize yeah, that she be say, out rapping this nigga every time. <laughs> Okay, who is someone else hurt? Why, oh, Jason Tatum? Jason Tatum. Yeah, of course. It's because he don't got me in his life. Okay, you can't be in everybody's life. All right, right. you can't. 
be in Jason. You can't be in Jason Tatum's life in Boston and in Vince Staples' life in, in Long Beach. That's it's a lot of flying around. It's a lot of commuting. I don't know okay. where Michael Jordan is at, but you can't do that. You're right. Let me let me go ahead and declare it right now. Right. It's only Vince for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's only him. I keep coming back to just him. And you know, what maybe one day I need to just, you know, run through it. I, I need a fine nigga podcast where I just sit with a bunch of ladies and we talk about fine niggas in the industry. But we can, what we will make we will make that happen. We can definitely make that happen if you want it, if you want it to happen. It's only him for me though. And honestly, like I feel like we would meet each other in real life and he would not be interested in me at all. And maybe me, not him, but like I don't know. I just the more I listen to him talk, the more I'm like, yeah, I love this nigga. <laughs> What you talking about? Like, yeah, dang, that's that's one thing. I feel like he just needs to be needs to be out here, man. Like, everybody should be like, yes, I'm a fan of Vince Staples. So it shouldn't be a, hey, have you heard of Vince Staples? No, who is that? Like, he he considers himself an underground rapper. I'm like, what? No, dang, I wish I remember what he said on the Joe Budden podcast. One of the few times I ever listened. But yeah, he do. I mean, you know, he. Boldy James. Boldy James is an underground rapper. You're not I feel like that's rapper. just an LA nigga mentality, though. Well, not he's not from LA. I think that's a Southern Californian mentality in general, where like they don't even care about none of that media stuff. Like YG not running to be on all dev or not all dev digital. He's not trying to be in a complex interview. Schoolboy Q will leave the entire face of the earth and go play golf and be a dad for three, four years straight and then come back and drop an album. I I just feel like that's the mentality out here. But I appreciate it. I like my uh, celebrities quiet as possible. So yeah, that's usually why I don't follow them on Twitter. Like I follow them on Instagram. Like I'm here for the pictures and like you know tour dates, album releases. But like your opinion, not really here for that. So um, we're gonna go ahead and wrap there. Uh, appreciate Rev as always for coming through. Love see you in the chat. King Quest in the chat. That J Boy. Shout out to KJ for letting the chopper spray in here. Jesus Christ, I was not expecting that. And these this nasty Sims talk. I that's oh my gosh. Shout uh, out to the Simmers out there. Love talking about the Sims. Um, somebody said who's the greatest flopper between Marcus Smart or PJ Tucker? It's Marcus Smart, hand down, hands down. Yeah, you he won defensive player of the year for flopping. That's essentially why he won that award, which is embarrassing. That, that man just be falling out like a toddler in church. It's sad. It's a, like, have you no shame? Are you not going to even try? Just okay. stand in front of stand in front of your man. Defend him. Rewards. You think I'm gonna stop? You are. You're all rewarding this behavior. I'm gonna keep going. Uh, I think Jolie Depot's not good. All right. Anyway, uh, hopefully the Heat pull this game out. Five minutes left. There's a part of me that wants to stay on the podcast until their game is over, but that that would end up being a three-hour podcast. How is that? Shout out to everybody that's listening. Um, shout out to the people that watch on YouTube. Uh, subscribe and follow. Shout out to the people on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. Um, you guys know what our Twitters are. You know where you guys. You know where we're at. So just uh, follow us there. Like, Enjoy share, it. subscribe, share with your yes, auntie. Sir. We everywhere that Tony Braxton playlist exists. Um, shout out to the Multiverse of Meatness. Um, we still going hard out here. Meat Mountain, we on the way. I'm not going down to Meat Mountain. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Appreciate it. <laughs> See y'all.